Praise the Lord. Title this morning, Fortune Favors the Brave. By fortune, I'm not meaning luck, as its first definition sometimes is. But there's another meaning. Fortune is the success or failure of an enterprise or mission. We say that a young man goes out to seek his fortunes. He's going out to attempt to succeed in some endeavors in his life and raise up a life that is a blessing to him. This morning, fortune favors the brave. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13. The Bible says, watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. We live in a difficult time. We live in an evil day. But we have a promise from God that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a military flag, a standard, a rallying point of victory. And that rallying point is one person and one person alone, Jesus Christ our Lord, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard, and we must rally to that standard. Bible says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. I want to begin with Judges chapter 6 today, the story of the young man Gideon. Verse 11, Judges 6, verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which is in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. What a portion of scripture. Let's read again verses 11 to 12. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress. Not out in the open fields, not out in the normal threshing floors as they stood on the hills of Israel, but he was down in some ravine or hollow on the slopes where the vineyards grew, and he was threshing wheat in the wine press to hide it from the enemy, to hide it from the Midianites. It reminds me today of the true Christian church hiding away trying to manage under the oppression of the Midianites. 
the true Christian church today, hidden away, trying to manage under the oppression of the Midianites, the political and social and educational enemies that came through the land, swept through the land from time to time, took plunder, and returned to their own place. The Midianites have taken a lot that is not theirs to take. Gideon was threshing wheat by the wine press. Some people criticize Gideon. I don't. At least he was still threshing wheat. When the rest of his Christian crowd were already long feeding on barley bread, because that's all the Midianites left them. We'll leave you with the barley bread. The Midianites came and they took the wheat. They took the best crops in the land. They said, people of God, you can eat the barley bread. We'll give you the bread of the poor. We'll give you the bread of a downtrodden people, an impoverished people. We'll give you enough to keep you alive, but you pose no threat. Gideon threshing wheat by the wine press. A heart for God, a cry for God. Christian church today, the popular Christian church is politically correct. It wants to avoid all confrontation with the political powers, the social powers. But Gideon had, and, they've, and so they've survived, they've managed. We'll be politically correct. We'll set in with the culture and the times and the political persuasion of the times as long as we can stay alive. As long as we can stay alive. Why did the Lord appear to Gideon? There's only one viable answer, and it is that God responds to hunger. God responds to hunger. Again, some people criticize Gideon. I don't. He was threshing wheat. He was holding on to the good things of God when the other Christians already had given up the good things of God and were content to eat barley bread. He said, I'm not giving up my inheritance. I'm not giving up the best that Canaan land can produce. God responds to hunger. God responded to Gideon because he had a heart for God. God doesn't respond to the compromised. He doesn't respond to the casual Christian crowd. He doesn't respond to the lukewarm church. He responds to young men and women like Gideon who say, we're not going to give up the wheat. We are not going to give up the good things of God, no matter what other people do. The Lord said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And God could see the heart in that young man. He was threshing wheat. He was holding on to the good things of God. He refused to give up the inheritance. He said, enemy, you're not taking the wheat. I'm not going to live on barley bread like other Christians do. I'm going to live on the good things of God. Now, he was not sufficiently able to winnow and thresh wheat in the open places, but he was still threshing wheat. And I want to encourage you today, be like Gideon. 
Be a man and woman of valor. Fortune favors the brave. Let's keep threshing wheat. Let's not give up the good things of God and become politically correct and say we'll manage along as long as we can avoid confrontation, as long as we can stay alive. People like Gideon. Verse 14, or verse 13. The lament in Gideon's heart. Gideon said to the Lord, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles? This was not an accusation against the Lord. This was the cry of a desperate young man who wanted answers, who wanted the life of God and the power of God in Israel once again. He said, Lord, if you are with us, why then has all this happened? Why are we oppressed? Why are we downtrodden? And where are all your miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Gideon was crying out for the miracles of the Lord. He knew the Miracles of power and the presence of God was not evident in the land as at former times. And there was a cry in his spirit. He was not willing to give up the spiritual life and the power of God. And so his heart was there. The Lord could see this young man's heart. The Lord was responding to a young man. Why did the Lord come to Gideon when he didn't come to others? Because he had that spirit, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will wait upon the Lord until his salvation comes and this tide turns and once again the blessing of the Lord is seen. Gideon crying out to the Lord for seven years. For seven years, the land had been under Midianite oppression. For seven years, Gideon had pulled the threshing sled across the wheat in the wine press, and every pull of that threshing sled was a pull on God. An intercession, a cry of his heart that things would change. The power of God would be released. The blessing of the Lord would come. Every winnowing fork of grain that he tossed into the air, into the wind, was a cry to the heavens. God said, you're a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty man of valor. The Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. I will be with you. Chapter 6 and verse 14. Then the Lord looked upon him. The King James says, then the Lord looked upon him and said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Lord looked upon him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. The Lord said, Go in this your might. Go in this your might of yours, and I will save Israel from the hand of the oppressors. What was the might of Gideon? What is the might of you and me today? Our might is our hunger after God. That is where our might is. Our might, our strength is in our hunger, our desperation after God. God said, Gideon, go in this your might. Go in this your might, and you will save Israel. 
the Midianites. You will bring the blessing of God. You'll bring a move of God. Gideon said to him, Lord, we're few in number. We're an obscure people. We're financially strained and we're politically constrained. Seem like we don't have enough strength, enough resources, enough power, enough influence. The Lord said to him, Gideon, I will purge and I will prune among the people. I will add and I will subtract. I will call and I will commission and I will give you a people of unity. Gideon and the 300. The first thing Gideon did was respond by preparing an offering to the Lord. Judges 6, 19 to 20. He responded to the call. He responded to the opportunity. I mean, just one word from God and the mountains start to move. And Gideon had a word from God. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat, an unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on the rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Gideon prepared an offering. He prepared the burnt offering, a young kid of the goats, which represented his life. It was an entire burnt offering. It represented Gideon's life. I'm a full surrender. I'm giving everything to the call of the Lord. I'm giving everything to the kingdom mandate. He put the unleavened bread, which was the meal offering, his life offered in service, in labor, in diligence, in endeavor. And he poured out the broth, which was significant that it was going to be an offering of joy and gladness before the Lord. He laid his offering, he laid his life, his labor, he laid his gladness upon the rock. And the Bible says fire shot out of the rock and consumed the sacrifice. Fire came out and consumed the sacrifice. When we bring the right fire, when we bring the right offering, the fire comes. The fire of God comes in our lives and in our families and in our churches. Then came an intimidation. The Lord said, Gideon, I want you to tear down the altar of Baal in your father's house where you lived. I want you to tear down the altar of Baal in your father's house. All of a sudden, Gideon was fighting fears. He was fighting intimidation. Tear down the altar of Baal, the spirit of this world. Tear down that Baal worship that had crept into that family in Israel, into the homes of Israel. The Baal worship, polluted with immorality and carnal pleasure and worldly desires, sensuality, and all the rest. Tear down the altar of Baal. The, the movie industry that is now commonplace in the homes of God's people. God said, 
Gideon, there's only one way to tear down this altar of Baal, that spirit of the world that's come into the houses of God's people. You'll need the second bullock of seven years' age and its full strength. Verse 25, it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it. You see, you'll never cut down, you'll never destroy the altar of Baal with the first bullock, the first man, your life in Adam, your willpower, your good intentions, what you think you should run your home like. There's only one way we can tear down the spirit of the age, tear down that spirit, that ungodly, immoral, fornicating, lewd, crude, profane spirit. And that is with the second bullock, the second man, Jesus Christ in the fullness of his power. And Gideon tore down the altar of Baal. And some of his family members were very upset. And so were his so-called Christian friends. What do you mean? No more non-stop videos. No more endless movies. Laced with profanity and sexual suggestion and strife and gossip, hatred, jealousy, angers. What do you mean? No more sitcoms and carnal reality shows. You mean only suitable and proper programming? Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Now Gideon tore down the altar in the night because he knew if he tried to do it in the day, he would have been withstood by his own family and his own friends. He tore it down by night. And in its place, he set up the altar of the Lord. And in the morning, when his dad saw what his young son had done, his dad repented of his sin and laxity and the way he'd let that home go. And from then on, they played worship music in their home, and they praised the Lord. And they found that all of a sudden they had time to do everything that needed to be done. And they had time to read the Bible and they had time to enjoy the presence of the Lord and each other's company. Verse 33, Then the Amalek Midianites and Amalekites gathered. The spiritual zeal of this young man agitated the powers of darkness. Then the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east gathered together and they crossed over and camped in the valley of Jezreel and Gideon had to fight fears and he had to fight doubts. There was trepidation, there was trembling and he needed God to confirm the word of the Lord that had come to him a few times. But there was something else that Gideon had. He, got, he received some armor. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. The Hebrew word is the Spirit of God clothed upon him. The armor of God, the clothing came upon him. Jesus said in Luke 24, 49, 
Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit because you will be endued, Greek and duo, to have clothing put on you. You're going to be clothed upon by the Holy Spirit. You'll be clothed with the power of God and you'll be able to do the will of God and you'll be able to walk in holiness and righteousness and stand for the ways of the Lord in purity and honor. Wait on the Holy Spirit. You'll be clothed upon with power from on high. Chapter 7 and verse 1. Then Jeroboam, that is, in Gide, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him, rose early and camped beside the well of Herod. The enemy had come. It was time for battle. So at the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Have you noticed that it's pretty quiet on the kingdom front these days? It's been quite a few months since we've heard boasts, self-exaltation. I haven't heard the ABCs of the ministry talked about among my ministry friends for a long time. Attendance, buildings, and cash. Strip the pride out of Israel. Celebrity, celebrity status, popular ministries, what we're doing, what we're creating, what we can do. My, if we just have enough brain power and we have enough strength, we'll figure this out. We'll make this happen in the kingdom. We'll prosper our ministries. God says, I'm going to put an end to that. That self-exaltation has to go. That pride of man has to go in my kingdom. The Lord said the people are too many because they're going to take glory unto themselves. What kind of people is God looking for? What kind of God, people is God looking for? Number one today, a people of faith, a believing people. Judges 7 and verse 3, Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. What kind of people is God looking for? He's looking for a believing people. He's looking for a people of faith. Now, we all fight fears, but let's not allow fear to overcome us and direct our life. We all fight fears at some time in some place. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. It's something every one of us has to battle. But let's not give in to it and leave the field of battle. Pull away, return, tuck ourselves away in our homes. Let's do the will of God. God's looking for a people of faith, a people that believe in his promises. Romans 10 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes as we listen to the word of God. Faith comes, faith moves, faith creates, faith strengthens as we spend time in the Word of God. This is a day when we need to be in the Word of God more fully than we ever have before. Memorizing, reading, 
praying the scriptures, spending time in them, taking in the presence and power of God from the scriptures because faith comes by listening to the word of God. And when our ears are open and God's speaking to us off the pages, what happens? Faith is created and fear is driven out. Faith is renewed and anxiety is driven out. And all of a sudden we feel emboldened by the power of God. We feel strong. We feel brave. We can overcome because the faith of God's word has come once again with strength into our hearts God's looking for a believing people a believing people we need faith we need the power of the word in us or we will never take to the field of battle 22,000 turned and went home number two God's looking for prayer warriors a praying people Prayer warriors, a praying people. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Judges 7, 5 to 7, so he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who laughed, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who laughed, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. Now I can't think of anything more personally devastating than to be cut out of the army of the Lord by the Lord himself. The first group left voluntarily. Anyone fearful and afraid? You can return home. But the second group was cut out by the Lord himself because they didn't qualify in their spirit to be part of the army of deliverance and what God was doing. God wants a praying people. God wants prayer warriors. Watch and pray, the Bible says. These 300 that God chose were men who took water, the living water. They drank the living waters of God, but they kept their eye on the enemy. Watch and pray. They did not bow down on their knees and put their face to the water. They cupped the water in their hands and drank of the water and were alert and sober and vigilant in the day of spiritual battle. God says, those are the warriors I want, those who watch and pray prayer warriors prayer warriors the disciples said to Jesus one day after they'd walked with him for some time said Lord teach us to pray they'd walked with Jesus they'd been young men of faith for a long time even before they met Jesus under the Judaistic system but they said our prayer life is lacking we don't know how to pray as we should. Lord, teach us to pray. They saw him pray. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. They saw his red-hot prayer life. The Bible says in Hebrews 5, 7, that in the days of his flesh, in the days of his earthly life, Jesus sent up. Jesus cried out to the living God with loud cries, with strong crying and tears. Jesus prayed 
with great strength. He prayed with great desperation. He prayed with a cry and longing on his heart. God's looking for prayer warriors today that can birth something, that are men and women of travail, that bring the power and life and blessing of God into Israel, into the church, into the people of God, into their homes. The Apostle Paul said, I wish, I will, I desire that the men, the men in the churches everywhere, he said that the men in all the churches lift up holy hands unto God like Moses did on the hill without wrath and doubting, pleading the promises of God. The Apostle Paul said, I exhort first of all. He says, this is the first thing I want you to do when you come together as a church. First Timothy was one of the letters to help direct church life and church conduct. Paul said, the first thing I want you to do when you come together is that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be offered unto God for all men, for those that are in authority for kings, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is the will of God. For this is the will of God. Men and women, that the first ministry in the house of God, we come to the prayer room. We come Sunday morning. We come not only for the worship service. God says, I'm looking for prayer warriors, people that will come. The first thing I want you to do is pray and pour out your heart and begin to call on God. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Apostle Paul said we should pray speaking in other tongues. We should pour out groanings and gushings. Says the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. None of us know how we ought to pray for things as we should. We don't understand the mind of God. We don't understand the forces that are at play. None of us understand fully how to pray and how to engage ourselves before the Lord. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit will begin to pray through us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There'll be groanings and yearnings and longings of the Holy Spirit as we cry out to the living God. God says, I, I want prayer warriors. I want those who are involved in watching prayers, watch and pray, fervently pray before the Lord. What does it take to be part of the Gideon army? The Gideon army. My Lord, it takes a people of faith, a believing people, people that know the word and receive power and strength through the word, a people that pray, people that are prayer warriors. And number three, a people willing to be broken with a torch of fire within and a trumpet on their lips. Judges 7:16. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. A trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and earth torches inside the pitchers. A people willing to be broken. We're earthen vessels and we are to be broken. That is, to say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. A people willing to be broken, to surrender to the Lord, say, Lord, what's important to me is what you want from my life. What you want me to do. How I can serve you, not how I can serve myself. People willing to be broken, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, what's your call on my life? 
What's your desire for me? How do you want to use me? Where do you want to put me? What kind of a person do you want me to be in the kingdom? People willing to be broken, surrendered. Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, send me. Not my will, but yours be done. The young man Isaiah in the house of God, and he had a vision, and he heard the counsel of heaven. He heard the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit discussing things in heaven. You want to listen in on heaven? Read Isaiah chapter 6. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were saying, Whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? The young man Isaiah raised his hand in the congregation and said, Here I am, Lord, send me. I'm willing to lay aside my own life, my own plans. If you want me, you can have me. You need a prophet in the land, even though the days are difficult. By your grace and by your presence, I will walk with you. People willing to be broken, set aside their own plans, set aside their own ambitions, and say, Lord, I will respond to what you have called me to, and I will do your will torches of fire within the vessel. The Holy Spirit is represented as a torch of fire. Torch of fire is the, the zeal of God, zeal for God, unrelenting zeal for God, oil on fire, people on fire with the Holy Spirit, and you can tell when you are and when you aren't, on fire with the Holy Spirit, and a trumpet to their lips, the trumpet of prophetic declaration. I heard behind me a voice as a trumpet saying, Set the trumpet to your mouth, said Hosea. Lift up your voice like a trumpet, said Isaiah in chapter 58, verse 1. Get the trumpet to your mouth. Prophetic declaration. Speak the words of God. Speak some creative, prophetic, dynamic words of God. Speak it into the spiritual realm. Speak it into the invisible realms. It is written. It is written. It is written. The enemy temptation comes. The enemy comes to break down your life and your inheritance to keep you back from what God has. You begin to speak the word of the Lord and you prophesy the word of the Lord. God says, I have set watchmen upon the wall of my church which will never hold their peace day nor night you who make mention of the Lord you who are the Lord's reminders plead his promises back to him and say Lord create the new Jerusalem your church a praise in all the earth establish us Lord establish your church create and make it a praise in all the earth people of prophetic declaration we have to open our mouth. We have to prophesy the word of the Lord. We have to speak by inspiration. We have to speak into the spiritual realms, the invisible realms, speaking the promises and the power and the declaration of God over our lives, our family, the house of God, and the earth. Earth, hear the word of the Lord. Worship team, come. Let's close out with Judges chapter 7. Verse 19, so Gideon and the 300 men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. 
Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. They cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now today, we need to put our name in there. The days following, we need to put our name in there. The sword of the Lord. And you put your name in there. You put your family name in there. You know why? Because Gideon is no longer here. Gideon's no longer here. He served his generation in the will of God. He threshed wheat by the wine press. He was a mighty man of valor. He had a hunger for God. He raised up and was part of a de delivering army, but he's not here anymore. It's our time. It's our call. The sword of the Lord and of this church. The sword of the Lord and my family. The sword of the Lord and me and you as an individual. Now, I'm not saying this morning that we're going to turn this nation back to God. I have no word on that. But one thing I do know is that if we will become a Gideon army, that we will be able to drive the enemy off our kingdom land, off our family inheritance, and off the church ministry in our time and place, and we will live under the favor, the blessing, and power of God. Fortune favors the brave. God bless you this morning. Let's stand. Number one, a people of faith, a believing people. Push back the fear this morning. Push back the anxiety. Begin to quote the word of God. Renew yourself in the word of God. Faith cometh. Come on, faith. Come on, faith. Come on, faith. In my heart, begin to burn. Renew my heart. Word of God, renew my heart. Make me strong. Make me brave. Men and women of courage in the promises of God. Prayer warriors, a praying people. Like the disciples, every one of us come to a place in our spiritual experience where we admit to ourselves and we recognize, I don't know how to pray as true praying men and women of God should pray. And I better step into it and ask God to teach me how to pray. I grew up in the Pentecostal church. I grew up in a Pentecostal home. I knew how to pray to a point, but I didn't know how to travail and intercede and supplicate and call out on the living God with crying and tears I said Lord teach me teach me and every one of us have to come to a place where we abandon our self-consciousness we abandon our feeble little voice that scares us so much if we hear it and take on the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah and begin to pray in the power and the anointing and the glory of God number three a people willing to be broken willing to be broken what's the call of God on your life are you resisting it say well I want a different way I want an easier way I I don't want to take the hardships and rigors of the cross I don't want to stand up and be counted I 
I can survive on barley bread. Nobody really comes against me. Listen, it's a time to say, Lord, it's your will for my life. I'm breaking whatever you want. You bring the torch of fire out. You put the trumpet on my lips. I'll begin to declare your ways. I'll declare your glory and your righteousness. A Gideon army, hallelujah. A Gideon army, how many want to be part of those that qualify in this end time, in these difficult days, to walk with God, to break the oppression, to break the oppression on your family, on the kingdom, on the house of God, and reign and rule with Jesus Christ in power. Gideon won a victory because he put his hand in the hand of God and walked out his days in the presence of the Lord. Let's worship the Lord together this morning. Jesus. The altars are open this morning. If you want to come and rededicate your life to God or God's dealing some area of your life, maybe you need to break the altar of Baal in your home and you're coming this morning to pull on the power of the second bullock, this, the second man, Jesus Christ. Say, I'm going to rid my home of that altar of Baal. I'm going to take out that movie industry. I'm going to break that carnal entertainment once for all and our house is going to be a house of praise. It's going to be a house of holiness and we're going to serve the Lord. Regardless of what other Christians do, our house is a house of prayer. It's a house of blessing. It's a house of the praises of the Lord God Almighty. Tear down the altar of Baal this morning.